everybody, it's M-Class Podcast! Oh! Oh! Yeah! God, we gotta stop opening up the show like this. I'm Jeff! Yeah, I'm Josh! <laughs> it's always so high energy right out the gate. Yeah, but then we all get depressed. Oh, not this time, baby. We have it in a couple of weeks, so we've all no. been watching good Star Trek! Yeah. <laughs> uh, this will be the last one. <laughs> This week, uh, say this week, this episode, uh-huh. uh, we're going to be focusing on Deep Space Nine's pilot as a part of our pilot's collection. We're almost done. We just got two more to go. But Hey. Uh, hey, what? Sorry. Uh, never mind. I don't want to talk about it right now. It's a secret. <laughs> oh, no. We got that a secret new- right out the gate. That new show is coming out. Uh, I don't want to say when we're recording this. But it's coming out tomorrow. <laughs> I feel like they could probably... Our listeners are they good detectives. I feel like they could what. put these clues together. It could be any tomorrow. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> Just like that Annie song. <laughs> the sun will come out tomorrow. <laughs> it's always a day away, like they say. That's right. It's a brilliant line. Poetry. We're watching... <laughs> we're, watching we're talking about... Because we already watched... The yes. Deep Space Nine pilot, Emissary. Um, One of my favorite pilots for yeah. Star Trek. I was going to front load this. Why don't you talk about your feelings on this episode first, Josh? Give people a little bit of preview of what we're going to be talking about. Uh, I don't know. I feel like the this show is the most uh, constructed Star Trek series. Like, they had a clear idea of where they wanted to go with the show. Like, And then they, like went and did that as opposed to like TNG which starts out like hot dog crap and then they had to like fix it yeah <laughs> and as opposed to Voyager which starts out like hot dog crap and then they like never fix it <laughs> uh, but this show he's is right like, everybody he's right <laughs> this show is like a clearly like they're setting up like long term story arcs that oh, are yeah. like Important to that, the whole show. That's something I actually wanted to talk about. The first time I watched the Deep Space Nine pilot, uh, I didn't really get into it that much. Yeah. Because I just finished watching TNG all the way through. Right. So you're a little like, how can anything be as good as that? Yeah. And yeah. this pilot just did not do it for me. I feel like right. this first episode works way better when you know the rest of the series. Exactly. And it's, you come back to it. Exactly. It's like, completely meant for you to watch again. Yeah, which makes which it is really... Incredible. It is incredible, but it makes it really difficult to talk about it, like, from the as point of view as somebody who is just going into the series and not knowing yeah. anything about it. Yeah. Because, so, like, I mean, I would assume that this episode of our show is going to be, like, heavy spoilers. Oh, yeah. If like, you have not watched this yet, turn this off and go watch it, because we're going to get heavy... Watch the whole series. Watch the whole series. <laughs> we're exactly. going to get heavy into yeah. spoilers. We'll try to tiptoe around them, but not really. It's we're gonna not going to try tough. at all. <laughs> so <laughs> We're not into trying around here, so we're no. not really going to do that. We're real big into not trying, as a yeah, matter I'm, of fact. I just showed up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking into a tin can on a string right now. Fuck Sounds it. good. Fuck it. <laughs> We're, we're not even recording this podcast. We just have two tin cans with a string between them. Are we talking into them? Traversing hundreds of miles of countryside. <laughs> don't move it. If you find the wire, don't cut it or move yeah. it. Don't fuck with it, all right? 
supposed to be there. Pittsburgh. I'm talking to you, Pittsburgh. Fucking Pittsburgh. Shitsburgh. If you live in Pittsburgh, fucking just kill yourself. Fuck, dude. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm just joking. But get somebody to fix your fucking roads. <laughs> That's the whole state, man. Yeah. Well, West Virginia is way fucking worse. Yeah. You laughed at me when I told you about Pennsylvania. I remember you scoffed at me. Did I? I told you I was like, yeah, like, the roads here are terrible. And you were like... Well, yeah, because the roads here look like fucking Mad Max, so... Yeah, you live in, like, an Afghanistan-like road situation over there. That's true. Like... There's no point in getting the alignment on your car fixed ever because it just gets bashed out within two yeah. days. Yeah, it'll just so get fuck fucked it. up again. So fuck it. <laughs> Don't even. Tr- That's West Virginia's uh, uh, state motto. Why even try? You're in West Virginia. Why even try? Why are you even trying? Um, I'd like to say this state used to be good at some point, but nah. No, no. It was good when it first started when we were like, fuck the South, we're going to join the Union, sucker. Yeah, it was a great great idea, right? Like, West Virginia is such a good idea. But my has it gone down. The road to hell is paved with good intentions. Speaking of that awesome saying, one of my favorites, which I got from this show. Really? This is when you first heard it? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I did a lot of dumb shit. That was supposed to be good and turned out to be terrible as a kid because I heard yeah. it all the time. <laughs> but uh, this episode was written by Michael Pillar and Rick yeah. Berman. Which is, you know, okay. <laughs> I mean, this episode's pretty damn good, though. Like, yeah. I, I'm sure Rick Berman didn't have jack shit to do with it. He just wants his name to be attached to the first episodes yeah. of everything. They were. This is when Star Trek was like super firing hard. On oh all yeah, cylinders. all like, cylinders, like, baby. Yeah, it, it was. It was full. All hands on deck. Star Trek is like a thing again. Like yeah, we were talking about that earlier. We figured out that it was around the end of season six of TNG. Yeah, is when Deep Space Nine starts. There's a. There's an episode of TNG that Bashir is on. Yeah, I just watched that one the other night. Yeah, and when Data dreams. He tells you straight up, and this is a huge spoiler if you have if you don't know DS9, shut your ear holes. He tells you straight up in the episode of TNG that he is uh, a superhuman, that he's like a genetically modified human being in that yeah. episode. And then it's, it's supposed to be a secret for the whole series of Deep Space Nine. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. There's a part in this episode that makes me think about that, like, um, when uh, Jadzia is playing that weird ball game in the holodeck, and he like fails at it right away, like he like Clark Kent's right. Yeah, like he's Clark Kent's the, the the test, and he fails. But then like they all leave the the holodeck. Like Cisco comes in and says like Dax, I need to suck your titties or whatever the fuck. Whoa! And like, whoa! <laughs> and like. And like Bashir is sitting there, and he says, uh, "He says computer reset." And like I imagine that he just like aces it. Yeah, because he's the he's faking away. losing so that he can yeah. have sexual relations with her. Yeah, he wants he wants to be a normie. He wants to suck the titty. He does. He's really obnoxious in this whole series. He's pretty fucking obnoxious. He about gets it. better. He does later. get better, but he's really annoying. He really is like the spurned wannabe nice guy for most yeah. of the series. Yeah, he gets really aggravating. 
it's like they didn't really know what they wanted to do with him to begin with because he's supposed yeah. to be like this bright-eyed young doctor who's way yeah. in over his head and doesn't understand the gravity of a situation. Right. But they kind of get over that really quickly and they don't really know what to do with him anymore. They kind of find things for him to do which I always think is good. Like they they really like all the characters are pretty fleshed out. Oh yeah. Um but Jedzia probably changes a little bit like she she kind of stays the same but like I don't know, she doesn't really she's not so like stuck up. <laughs> later more facets of her personality yeah. where she's like she's like got like a I don't know how to put it, like a broier side to her. I yeah, guess. She's, she can hang, right? Like yeah. later, she can totally hang. Like you would want to hang out with Jedzia, and if she was like your girlfriend, you would be able to take her places because like she can hang. Yeah, she can hang. That's the best she way to fucking, put it. She can fucking batleth your ass into the dirt, man, which is pretty sweet. She's on the short list of people in Star Trek that I'd personally want to hang out with if it was just Apparently, me and that person. I was told. And this is going to be a public knowledge. Now, I was told that she watches Normal Boots stuff. Really? Because her kid loves, like, Gerard, the completionist. Oh, yeah? So I, I don't know if that also counts continue. Usually it doesn't. Oh. <laughs> but it, he, I mean, so it might be. I don't know. She's, she, you're probably her favorite. Probably. He knows about Star Trek. I was on Star that. Star Treks. I was on that show. <laughs> that one show. <laughs> <laughs> that one show. Um, it was directed by David Carson. This episode, which oh, I yeah. looked into a little bit, I love to look into the directors of shows so you can get sort of an idea of the type of work they've done in the past. Yeah. Um, again, because he's a TV director, he's all over the fucking place, so I learn nothing. Right. With the movie directors, it's like they directed this, this, and this, and you're like, oh shit, yeah, of course, it's very similar. Right. With this, it's like David Carson directed the pilot of T and of uh, Deep Space Nine and a few episodes of it, and did a few episodes of TNG, but also uh-huh. did Doogie Howser, MD, which is like the Star Trek of Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> Beverly it kind Hills of is, but no, it isn't. Beverly Hills Nine Hundred Two One Zero, which is like the Star Trek of teen shows, well, teen dramas. It, wait a second, he also did One Tree Hill and Smallville. We're was I telling you that we were just talking about yes. One Tree Hill? You brought up One Tree Hill yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I don't. That's so weird that like, that's like One Tree Hill has come up like three times in three separate days. It's it's fucking fate, dude. It's following me. It's fate. So I learned nothing about David Carson. Yeah, uh, he's he loves close-ups. Is what I learned from this episode. Like he loves close-ups. Super horny I, for close-up shots. I always feel like these are shot much more liberally, like a film. Yeah, because they, the they're supposed to heavy be films. Yeah, like yeah. So like, I kind of like I, I don't really notice it in Star Trek too much. Uh, I don't know, but yeah, it I'm does. Not saying it it's does, a bad thing. I'm just saying he loves himself fucking close-ups. You do notice it though. Like I found, I notice it more with like the four-three format. Yeah, that's true. Because it's, like, you're already looking at, like, a strange box that you're not used to seeing anymore, yeah. you know what I mean? It's just black lines on the sides of your TV. Yeah. And there's one shot that is so tight on Kira's face that, <laughs> like, you see none of her forehead and most of her chin yeah. is gone. 
And I was like, oh, man. We, should we really be this close to this character right now? <laughs> I fucking love her. And I love, like, her entrance in the show. Like, oh, yeah. she is just, like, not fucking having it. And I love that shit. I love her character in general. But to begin with, it's, yeah. like, I don't know, through the whole series, it, com- it comes back real strong. But, like, she takes no shit from anyone. Yeah, she'll fuck you up, man. Like, she will fuck you up. Her own fucking provisional <laughs> government, who are her direct superiors, they could just send her to some penal colony for this. Right. And she's just like, no, fuck you and your provisional fuck government. You. Yeah, she doesn't give a fuck, dude. Suck I love my it. butt. <laughs> and, like, they wanted Roe to be her. Yeah. I don't, but I'm so glad. I like glad. Roe layering all right, but, yeah. like, Nana Visitor was made Nana for Visitor, that role. Yeah. Yeah, she, uh, I don't know, I really like the world building that this show does right off the bat, and I think that her being a different Bajoran helps that a lot. Yeah. Because we already know who Ro is, right? That's something that somebody wrote in about it. I guess we'll get to that in the next next show we do, after this one. But uh, this show is really front-loaded with information that, like, you wouldn't really know if you didn't already watch TNG. Yeah. And... If it would have been Ro Laren, that would have hurt it way more. You'd have to go into her whole story to it's introduce It's a totally her. different show. It's yeah. a totally different show. They could have done whatever with her after that, I guess. But, I mean, yeah. her story is pretty similar to um, Kira's up until the point she joined Starfleet. Yeah, she runs away from Bajor, though, which is, like, like kind of shitty, right? It is. That could have <laughs> like, actually been fairly interesting, though, once we got yeah. to the episodes when we dealt with the Resistance and people who used to be in it, and they all would right. see her as, like, a traitor. Yeah, that would have been neat. But, but I like I like that, like, you get to see, like, the what it was like through Kara, you know? Like, yeah. Lar- Laren would have been, or Ro, I guess, like, what's her, what is it? It's Ro. Ro is her last name, Ro's right? her last name, so she goes yeah. by Ro. Ro. So, like, you would have to, like, have her be Starfleet because she is, mm-hmm. which I think makes the show weaker because like you already have the commander who's like Starfleet, and and to have that dichotomy of like the Bajoran national who like doesn't give a fuck about Starfleet, yeah, I well, think is awesome. It is awesome, and that reminds me of something I wanted to bring up that I always bring up when I talk about Deep Space Nine uh-huh. is that. Um, Everybody knows that Star Trek was supposed to be like wagon train in space. Like yeah. the Western about exploring the unknown countryside and right. finding new and exciting things, but in space. Right. Deep Space Nine is like, like I don't know, Rawhide in space? Yes. It's a frontier town where yes. uh, like Cisco is the mayor. Yeah. And uh, Kira is, like, the Native American attache. Right, right. And, like, Odo's the sheriff, Quark's the bartender. The barkeep, The yeah, frontier yeah. doctor. Yeah. It all fits perfectly into these little shapes. Yeah. And if you didn't have the Native American attache to open up the world of, like, the Native American world. Like, right. to open up... If you didn't have Kira with this deep connection to Bajor... Bajor would just be this uh, entity that's just at the edge, the periphery, that you wouldn't really care about that much. It would be a weird alien planet. It wouldn't feel like you're there. Like, like this show's really about Bajor, right? Like, it's about Bajor, and they're, like, the space Jews, really. Like, they're, like... Yeah, it's about the space Jews who finally... They're trying to pick up the pieces after Space World War II. After the Space Holocaust, yeah. Yeah. 
And, like, you need somebody there to be like, look, this is what it was like. And, like, Laren wouldn't have done that. Like, no. she, she would have been too, like, well, I was I, in school. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I was on Earth. Yeah. Doesn't fucking help us with the story, does it? Yeah, exactly. Kira is a super important piece to this show. Yeah. I love, uh... I don't, I don't want to like ruin it, but I love her at the end of the series. Like, oh yeah, she's, she's incredible. She's grown as a character like massively by yeah. that point, where she's like ready to take control and power of stuff and be yeah. able to lead. She has to go through like the trial of like what all happens to like understand like why the Federation is important and understand like. Bajor's place in the Federation. Oh, like, yeah. even Bajor, like, doesn't fully understand, like, what it means, right? Like, and and the Federation is just, it seems so, like, well, gee golly, that, like, they're kind of annoying as fuck. You know? Really? Dude, I'm, like, like, on the absolute opposite side where I think the Bajorans are absolutely annoying as holy fuck. Well, they're, they're annoying, too, because they're so, like, their chip on their shoulder as a people is so big that yeah. it's hard to They're get like, over it. Like, I hate the term. I feel like only, like, giant fucking assholes ever use the term sheeple. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I guess I'll be yeah. a giant fucking asshole because they are, like, so easily swayed throughout this series. Like, all it yeah. takes is one person to stand up and go, Hey, that guy's doing a right. bad thing! And everybody's right. like, fucking kill him! Yeah, they're, they're, but they're, like, it makes sense because they're, like, lost. Like, they don't know, like, yeah. what they are, they're right? Like, they're basically the angry mob from The Simpsons that yeah. happens all the time. <laughs> all the time. Ah, the finger thing means the taxes. <laughs> I just, as a as a, a species, I've never been that into Bajorans. Yeah, uh, I like Kira a ton, and there are Bajoran yeah. characters that I like a ton. But uh, as a species, I don't know. I'm not. I guess I'll I'll come out and be completely fucking candid with you listeners. I'm not the most <laughs> religious guy in the world, right? And they're a, a very deeply religious um, yeah. society of people. They, they represent, like, parts of humanity that, like, I know you and I kind of don't prescribe to. Yes. So it's kind of difficult to, like, relate to them on that level. Yeah, but you can relate um, to what they've been through. Right. Though. Like, we can historically put in context, like, their plight, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I get it. Um but I just don't always want to hear about your fucking aliens in the wormhole. Like, shut the hell up about yeah. that shit. Everybody's like, yeah, the aliens in the wormhole. And they're like, uh, you mean you the prophets? Technically, pushes glasses up on their ridgy-ass nose. <laughs> <laughs> I think you mean the prophets. You mean the prophets? How dare you not call them the prophets? It's like, guys, shut the fuck up. You're never going to make it in the, star- in the Federation with this bullshit attitude. <laughs> Relax. Just accept that people have a different view than you, Bajorans. <laughs> You're never going to make it into Starfleet with that attitude. Yeah, fuck it. I feel like this show starts in such a way that if you had not already watched TNG, you would be like, what the fuck is happening right yeah, now? If you, if you just walked into this one as your first one, you'd be like, why is Captain Picard here? Why is he a Borg? <laughs> Yeah, you'd come in and be like, uh, what's a Borg? Yeah, who, you wouldn't even know what that is, was. Who is a Captain Jean-Luc Picard? What is this? <laughs> yeah. Like, I think, I don't know, even with a peripheral understanding of Star Trek, if you went into this, you'd be like, what now? What? Yeah. 
Yeah, you gotta. This was made. I mean, I I love it though, man. I love well, like yeah, we're the like, world building. It's so well done. It's fucking great. Oh yeah. Well, fuck. Like as a huge Star Trek fan who'd watched TNG first, and like this yeah. episode, if it didn't start like that, wouldn't be anywhere near as good. Right. Like it this totally ties it, bridges the gap. Yeah, this yeah. ties it so fucking deeply into the Star Trek history. Like yeah. It, it sets the tone for the show too, because you're like, wait a minute, like, like this guy hates Captain Picard. And you like, understand that's why? Crazy. Yeah, and I'm yeah. sure that was like a behind the scenes thing too, where they were like, what if the new captain hates Picard? Right. Yeah. And then somebody who was smarter than that first guy was like, well, why do why don't we just have him hate Locutus and he hasn't forgiven right. Picard for it? Yeah. I don't like that Picard dude. He's all bald, like I would never be. That's what Cisco said. <laughs> like I would never be until season four. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I don't know. Like I, this, this, even like I know, like Pillar and uh, what's his name wrote this. Yeah, this old has, Berman. Like, this has fucking uh, Ronald D. Moore like written all over it. It's true. Like, like Ronald D. Moore saw this. He had nothing to do with it, and he was just like, "Oh shit! I know what I'm gonna do I know now." What I'm gonna do. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it ties itself into the the Borg problem right up front, right? Uh, although that never really becomes a part of it, but it gives. Our, they mention it, it later. They mention it in. Uh, oh, maybe they mention it in the movie. Is it is it the movie? They might mention it. I think with, with where they're like, well, the Borg just attacked Earth because uh, talking about a. Uh, oh first yeah, contact. they mention they can't get backup because of the what happened yeah. with the Borg on Earth. Yeah, they're still worried about the Borg coming back. Uh, and they do mention that the reason why they made the Defiant was because of the Borg. Yeah, they have to... It's it's like a... The Defiant is like a Federation Klingon bird of prey. That's yeah. like all it is. It's pretty much what it is. It's anti-Borg technology. Is yeah, what it's they were like, we need little ships that can just fucking shoot the shit out of shit. Yeah, that aren't <laughs> giant moving targets yeah. through space. Little, fast, fucking crazy, powerful ships. But, like, it, it like, ties it in so well to TNG, but it also gives, like, a moral core for Cisco's character right yeah. up front. Like, you feel for him before you even know him because he loses yeah. his wife. Yeah, and he's, like, got a kid, and the kid, like, is fishing. It's so wholesome, and you're like, God it damn it, super, Jake Cisco. It's fucking, like, Andy Griffith as fuck. Jake Cisco, the anti-Wesley Crusher. Yeah, I like Jake. I, Jake's great. Jake gets really annoying when he becomes the reporter Jake for a little super while. Super serious Jake, yeah. But uh, I like him a lot as a character. But Nog is the best kid character in all Star Trek history. For for real, though. <laughs> like, what a, like, what a great growth. For, oh like, yeah, it's great. He I grows the most out of any character in Star Trek history. Yeah, him and Kira are like up there. Like, I know she's an adult, but like, yeah, Nog doesn't grow much physically either. So <laughs> that dude is tiny, man. He is tiny, but he's ripped as fuck. For Aaron his, Eisenberg for his like height, he's got like these huge biceps for his height. Dude. It's really weird. He looks like he's really into corn. <laughs> The band corn. What? <laughs> he just looks like he's into corn. I don't know. He looked like I saw a picture of him recently, and I'm like, oh yeah, that guy loves corn. You know, I laughed, but I can kind of see. It. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> if you've ever met a guy who's real into corn, like the big ass sweaters and shit, and the beard and shit, like yeah. 
Look, yeah. You can like whoever you want. I'm not. That's just a side note. <laughs> you look like Aaron Eisenberg if you like corn. Apparently, <laughs> he's like four foot two. Yeah, he's got like some sort of congenital disorder or yeah, something. Yeah, I figured he. I figured he did. But yeah. uh, I just like that Nog never grows. Yeah. Like they show future Nog when he's an adult, and he just looks exactly the same. They just put like he's a little like bit of a... wrinkles on him. Oh yeah, he's he's in that episode. Yeah, he's in the Star Trek Online too. He he comes back. Oh, he's Captain uh, Nog. He's Captain Nog. Yeah. I guess we're fucking spoiling all over the place. Whoops. Whoops. <laughs> oh, whoopsies. Um, there's a Bolian on board the Saratoga. Yeah, and the captain's Vulcan, and the captain is played by uh, what's his name? The guy J. G. Hertzler, which was my fun yes. fact of the week. I knew that. That's that's your John Larroquette fun fact of the week. Martok. Oh, how interesting. <laughs> Martok's first role in Star Trek was to play the Vulcan captain in Emissary. Yeah, he's in a he's in Enterprise also as a Klingon. He actually played Laws, the other lost changeling in Deep yes. Space Nine as yes. well. You can tell you can always tell when it's him. He has a very unique voice. Oh yeah, he's, he's great. I love him. I love him too. Do you know what he's up to these days? I think he told me he's running for Congress. Yeah, he's running for Congress in the state of uh, New York or California. Oh my god. If I were him, I'd be like, vote for Martok stickers, like, everywhere, dude. But he's, like, he's, like, running for Congress as Mark Twain, not as himself. Like, he's <laughs> dressing up as Mark Twain and giving, like, speeches as him. Oh, my God. So he's either, like, a madman or he's just really into <laughs> performance art. <laughs> yeah. Maybe yeah, he, both. <laughs> they recently had him in Star Trek Online also, and, like... I really, I'm really into like the, when they get those people to do stuff for the video game because they really add a lot to the game. Oh you yeah, know? oh yeah. And uh, he's he's great as usual in the game. He's I love him. Oh yeah, that's that's also a fun fact of the week. Uh, I'll give you the full information. Okay. On June 18th of this year, JG Hertzler announced his candidacy for a U.S. House representative for New York's 23rd congressional district in the 2018 okay. elections. Great. And he's going to be doing it in the persona of Mark Twain because he <laughs> believes he's a brilliant humorist for all ages. <laughs> uh, so he's just really into performance oh, art. All right. Well, I mean, that's a little weird, but okay. Although he um, he joined uh, a bunch of fellow Trek alumni advocating yeah. against the administration of old Donald Trump. Yeah, that's Which good. Included Whoopi Goldberg, Seth MacFarlane, yeah. Zachary Quinto, Patrick Stewart, and George Takei. Seth MacFarlane, better known as Ensign, whatever the fuck Ensign his name Ricky. is in Star Trek. Ricky. <laughs> Dude, he's so terrible in that show. Like, he is awful in yeah, that episode. He's he's not. It's like Seth. Seth, just, fucking act. <laughs> just do voice acting. I don't know. I haven't watched um, The Orville. Orville. Yeah. But I'm, they were I talking got about mixed it results on it. Yeah, Zane's parents were talking about it tonight, and like they were saying how like it's terrible. I've heard it was good. I've heard it was terrible. Yeah, so I, I've heard both know. sides of it, and I feel like it really depends on what you went into it hoping Expecting. for. Yeah, like if you hoped for a Star Trek like series with some gags in it, that's yeah. mostly what it is. People are telling me. But if you went in yeah. hoping for like a Seth MacFarlane comedy, it's nothing like nothing that. like that. Yeah, even though they're well, advertising it like that. He's a huge Star Trek fan, which is which is good. I think if anyone's ever going to save Star Trek from itself, it'll be him. 
Oh yeah, because he well he produced um the Cosmos, the new Cosmos. Like he oh exactly yeah produced he did, that. and that's an incredible fucking show. It really is. I fucking loved it. So if he just like executive produces a new Star Trek and is like, look, I'm gonna get like a bunch of people who like really like Star Trek and just make a better Star Trek. Oh, he lo- I'm, all, he, I'm like, all for that shit. He's such a huge Star Trek fan that he would never let them bastardize it. Yeah. Ever. Which would be uh, nice for once. That'd be really that's great. That's the only nice thing I have to say about Seth MacFarlane, I guess. He's an alright guy. I don't I, like, I don't really I like, like much him. of anything he makes, though. He's lowest common denominator, but like I like I like him as like a guy. Yeah, like he's a, a re- he seems like a real good guy. Yeah. Um got a great voice. Yes. He's going places, that kid, with his voice. <laughs> we should take a break and then we'll come back and talk about the episode. <laughs> we'll talk about the episode some more. We've been talking about it, damn it. <laughs> All right, bye. We'll be right back. Bye. Ah, traveler. Welcome to the promenade. Humble quark at your service. Behold, Star Trek Deep Space Nine action figures. Commander Benjamin Sisko, he helps me run the station. And Security Chief Odo, very strict and sneaky for someone so honest. Here's Lieutenant Dax, Chief O'Brien, and Major Kira Nerys. I happen to know she's crazy about me. Wonderful, aren't they? Especially this one. So handsome. Pains me to part with it, but if you pay me now... Ah, security. What a pleasant surprise. And we're back, ready to talk about some Star Trek. We're doing it. We talked about it in the break. You missed it. It was really insightful. I'm really sorry that you missed the only insightful part of the program. (laughs) We got that out for the... Now we can talk about some titties. (laughs) Uh, Actually, let's talk about Star Trek instead. Uh, Benjamin Sisko's wife, Jennifer, gets murderized by the Borg. Yeah. At Wolf three five nine, we jump. We jump three head uh, three years later, and we see uh, Andy Griffith and Opie fishing, <laughs> fishing in uh, holodeck. <laughs> the holodeck, and uh, we learn that Cisco is being uh, promoted to leading Deep Space Nine, which is basically the Boondocks mission that you're sent. You're yeah. like it's the Siberia. It's yeah. It's the Antarctica. Star Trek world. Yeah. yeah. Nobody wants to go there. <laughs> Especially Cisco. He wants nothing to do with it. Yeah, he's uh, he's checked out. Uh, we learned that the least important character on TNG is going to be a very important character <laughs> on this show when Miles yeah. O'Brien shows up. You can tell they, they want him to be on something in season like five and six of TNG. Because there's a couple of episodes where he's, like, super in them. Oh, yeah, there's uh, the episode where his old captain wants to do, like, bombing runs against the Cardassians. Yeah, and there's the war's that one. Been over. There's that one, and then there's the one where, like, those uh, aliens, like, take over their bodies, like, oh, on yeah. the planet. Oh, yeah. That one. That's a good he's, one, too. He's great in that one. Like, uh, Cole Meany is a really fucking good actor. He's you, great. You might not yeah. know it from watching this episode, since he's kind of hamming it up a little bit. Yeah. But he's uh, all shucksy Irish. Oh, I'm just the Irish guy. <laughs> it's just me Irish. I've got to drink my whiskey now. I'm a leprechaun. <laughs> Racism on the show. It's all right. I got red hair. I'm allowed to. <laughs> Probably not even Irish, but he's got red hair. So. I'm from Philadelphia, so who knows? Who knows? <laughs> You're whatever Rocky is. <laughs> Italian. Italian stallion. <laughs> Uh, we meet we meet Kira we meet all these characters right and they're yeah. not quite cemented to where they're gonna be yet not yet but they're pretty close they're pretty close um 
There, there's a line in this episode that's like really strangely slid into it, but like, yeah, because Rene Abergenois is saying it, who plays Odo, yeah. it works somehow. His delivery works. If somebody uh-huh. else would have said it, it would have been super awkward. But he's like, Major, I'm coming with you because that's from the quadrant where I was found, and I still don't know what I am or if there's anything out yeah. there like me. So I'm coming. Yeah. And yeah, if anybody little... else said it, it would have sounded like I just said it. Really dumb. <laughs> I thought you were him. I was like, oh my god, is Rene Abajamois on the show? Maybe one day. He, Rene Abajamois, who is best known as Odo and the priest from The Patriot. Oh yeah, he was also um, the shitty... Oh god. He was on something. He was a, all I He was a butler on something. Was he Mr. Belvedere? He was not Mr. Belvedere. That's a miss. He, he's best Should've known been. as the guy that got cut out of that Star Trek movie. <laughs> Is what he's best known as. Was he in uh, uh, Insurrection? No, he was. Uh, he was like. Um, oh, you in told Star me Trek yeah, Five, wasn't five, it? Yeah, yeah, or six. Six. Yeah. Yeah. He was in six. Um, yeah. He was Benson. He was Clayton Endicott the Third on Benson. There, you, that's there you go. And that's what he was known for before. And Star Rom, Trek. who was Rumpelstiltskin or Pumpkin Man or something like that. Mm, I don't know that one actually. He's it's like a shitty '80s horror movie. Oh wow, Rene Auberjonois was actually Father uh, Mulcahy in oh. the Mash movie. The oh yes yeah we're fucking holy fun shit. facting all over the place here this is the fun fact episode how interesting oh how interesting <laughs> um all these actors are known for other things I just don't know what they're known for Terry Farrell who is Jedzia Dax is in Back to School with Rodney Dangerfield oh yeah she's the love interest to the kid I didn't know from Christine that. the boy from the haunted car movie Christine. Isn't that weird that we live in a reality where you can say that sentence? Yeah. The guy from the Haunted Car movie. (laughs) Yeah. It's fucking just, yeah, just follow along with me. I know what I'm talking about. Um, (laughs) uh, Cisco is a commander at this point, which is really important to point out. Yeah. I, you know, I don't don't like, like, that he's not a captain, because there's a whole, like, since he's the first... Like black captain, yeah. Right? Is he a commander because they thought that audiences right. couldn't accept that there would be a black captain, right? And is or, the episode later on where like he's a writer in the nineteen twenties, yeah. like a commentary on that, right? Right. And and he he talks about it. Like I know Avery Brooks is like very like like proud of his heritage and stuff. Oh and, yeah. And he he talks about it like in the show. It comes up a lot. Like when they go to Vicks. In the holodeck, like the 1960s uh, Las Vegas. Yeah, it's casino. like a, it's like a 1960s, 19 late 19 like late 1950s, early 1960s. 50, yeah. It's like a like a Frank Sinatra uh, yeah. Vegas, uh, and and he's like, I don't want to pretend to be in a time when like our people couldn't like drink out of the same water fountain with fucking certain people. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it doesn't so sound it like comes fun. Up a lot. Yeah. And he he's like, I don't want to like pretend that that never happened, you know? Yeah, I mean, him starting as a commander gives him room to grow as well. But he could have done yeah. that as a captain just as well. It makes it makes sense that like he's a commander like in the 
canon of Star Trek because like they don't send captains too often to go to these places. Like commanders are meant to command and they're perfectly capable of like commanding I guess like space stations and stuff like that. Like captains are important to do to starships, right? Like they yeah. need to go be starship captains. Yeah, there's a but, there's an argument to be made that the writers started him out as a commander because in the canon of Star Trek, commanders are the ones that run star bases. That right. was even set up in TOS. Right. Like that's their job. Um but it feels icky. Like it yeah. doesn't He's the only sit. one that started out as a lower rank. Yeah, and he's the black guy. So it's yeah. like, like it doesn't feel right, but... Uh, the I mean, reasoning behind there. it might be sound, but it's still strange. Yeah, it's not great. It's The optics aren't very good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we get, like, a really tense-ass scene with Captain Picard and Cisco, like, sitting yeah. down and talking, and, like, Cisco it's really fucking good. hates him. Yeah. He says, we met before, and Picard's like, we have? And he's like, at Wolf 359, and Picard's like, oh, I just stepped into that one. Yeah, Picard, like, looks genuinely hurt yeah. when he, he says the like, really crushed. But that's that's the power of Patrick Stewart acting. Yeah, he's amazing. You I love him. You can feel the emotions, even though his face is, like, yeah. there's a scene when he sees um, uh, O'Brien off. Mm-hmm. And he's he seems very like personable and nice and like it's he's gonna miss O'Brien but you know he's yeah. being very professional and once O'Brien leaves he has this look on his face that just says like he's losing a great officer and he doesn't yeah, like, change he doesn't his expression much at, all, much at all yeah it's really impressive. Yeah, Cap- uh, Captain, Captain Picard. The man, the human man, Captain Picard, who's a real-life person, <laughs> is an incredible actor. He's pretty much Captain Picard. <laughs> he should be. He's such a great dude anyway, so... Yeah, I know. Uh, but Picard sort of snaps back at a certain point when Cisco's like, yeah, I don't really want to be on this mission anymore. Yeah. I want you to find me a replacement. And Picard's like, you need to do... Anything you can to make sure Bajor joins yeah. the Federation. Just don't this break the Prime Directive. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's because Picard went through all that shit with Rolaren. You wouldn't yeah. really understand Picard's motivations in this scene at all if you hadn't seen TNG. Right. Rolaren and that ensign who dies in oh, the yeah, shuttle. Oh yeah. Exactly. That's a that's a good episode. And that's, that is a damn good episode. Lower decks. That's a, that's a tough one to watch because it's like, oh man. <laughs> like, yeah, that's a depressing <laughs> ass episode. It sucks. But if you were just watching this and you hadn't seen any of that, you would think Picard's like an expansionist, like he's being like a colonialist yeah, a little bit. A colonialist, yeah. Which maybe would help this scene to make him seem more like a character. You know, of course. Cisco doesn't like this guy still, even though he was forced against his will to be Locutus. He's like a right. colonialist, right? He's kind of being a yeah, like a like a manifest destiny, right? Yeah. Like it's our destiny that that uh, Bajor joins the Federation. And there's a there's a lot of stuff like that in this episode that's you wouldn't really get if you hadn't watched TNG. Yeah, like who is this bald man? <laughs> what does he I have mean, to do with anything? <laughs> It's it's interesting to think about it like that because like this is like ninety three and like there was no internet like nah. you couldn't just be like who is this and like go Google that shit like you had to either watch the show 
in reruns or you had to talk to somebody who knew about Star Trek. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's it's just there's so no weird. reference for you whatsoever. Yeah, so you just have to isn't. be like, well, I guess I'll never know who that guy is. Whatever. Right. And like maybe later you figure it out. I guess they do they come back at some point? I don't no. think they do. No, Picard never comes back. Yeah. He's too busy having a, a real career outside of Star Trek. <laughs> Worf does. He's like, I'll do anything. Yeah, he's like, fuck, please put me on a television show. I need to work. <laughs> I only know how to be Worf. <laughs> he knows how to be like a smooth-talking ladies' man, like in that 1920s episode. Yeah. Or oh, 1930s God. episode. Yeah. Baseball man. <laughs> That's right. He's like, he's like a Babe Ruth, right? Yeah, he's like a big-time yeah. baseball boy. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's you learn a lot about Cisco's character in this episode mm-hmm. because, uh, like, you learn that he's not above using slightly underhanded tactics from his position in order to yeah. get what he wants. He's like a chess player. A little he's like bit. a politician a little bit. Yeah, he's being and he's playing the politics. You learn that because Nog and unnamed character guy alien alien man get uh <laughs> captured trying to steal from the promenade yeah and it's all fucked up like the station's like jacked as fuck well, yeah the cardassians obliterated most of the station when they left just for being yeah. just to be dickheads really they're just assholes yeah and they stole everything that was useful but apparently not yeah. everything that you could sell because nog and this guy break in yeah and uh <laughs> he throws the alien dude throws like a fucking mace like a <laughs> like fucking a twirly mace like he throws like a ball and chain yeah like a Odo. Ball chain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like they had that next door on the hercules the legendary journey set and he just, they just hey, brought Zeta, it over you using this nah you can borrow it ds9 he's kind of dressed a little bit like an extra from from hercules they just put like yeah. monster makeup on him this is like my i was in like seventh grade at this time so i was like no i was in like fifth grade when this came out but like by by like sixth or seventh grade i was super into those shows man oh this show and those shows dude i fucking loved hercules the legendary journey oh my god so fucking much it's incredible and i kevin sorbo's a lunatic he's a fucking madman but yeah uh, I watched through the first four seasons of that last year, <laughs> and oh it is so cringy at parts. In a time when God ruled the world. <laughs> like the fucking voiceover. Oh, my God. It's so cringy at parts, but it's genuinely entertaining still. I didn't expect that. Yeah. In a really a, campy B-movie kind of way. Yeah, it's got Bruce Campbell is in it. Oh, and those episodes are the best episodes when he plays wh- the... Uh, Autoclysis, the king of thieves. Yeah, like the Robin Hood guy. I always like, why is Robin Hood in this show? Well, he's like Robin Hood if he stole from the rich and gave to himself. To himself, <laughs> yeah. He's like a real big dick. Because that's like, how, like, that's him, right? He's great at that type of character. He's just Ash always. I, I love it when he's in that. Especially because, <laughs> like, he has. It's weird to say this because Kevin Sorbo's a nut job now or whatever, but he used yeah. to have, like, a lot of charisma. And he could yeah. play a main character and play off people really well. Well, he got old, and then, like, he probably, like, lost, like, all his, like, sex abilities. Probably. And he probably turned crazy because he, his wiener didn't work too good anymore. Here's a completely unre- unrelated John Larroquette fun fact of the week. Oh, fuck, I'm ready. Uh, I guess a Judge Anderson fun fact of the week. <laughs> uh, the 
Kevin Sorbo had a disease that ate his muscles away, which was very oh, really? fucking ironic for the guy who got on TV because he was muscular. That's like Superman getting shot and killed. Like, what's his name? Uh, or Yeah, George Reeve. George got Reeve, shot and yeah. killed. But, um... God, I got a story about that, too. But, <laughs> I heard, like, Kevin Sorbo stopped doing his own stunts at a certain point in the series. Yeah. And the show started becoming more about, uh... Fucking... Eolus. Eolus, yeah, Eolus. Because Kevin Sorbo was just in the hospital all the time getting treatment. Yeah. That and that's show... why he's so thin now. He doesn't have muscles anymore. Right. Well, uh, I just made fun of him, so. Well, fuck I'm it. a terrible human. Fuck it. Uh, but George his dick Reed, probably doesn't work good. It works fine, I'm sure. But. <laughs> I don't know, maybe. I, I don't know. I don't know firsthand or anything, everybody. Don't think that. Firsthand, <laughs> secondhand. Don't think. <laughs> um, George Reeve. Uh, is this made a bunch the kid? Yeah, the kid who pulled the gun on him. It's in the movie. Yeah, I guess that isn't Hollywood Land. Hollywood is the name Land, of that movie, yeah. right? That's a sad ass movie. Yes, dude. it is. That movie will make you want to kill yourself. Uh, yeah, a kid at a personal appearance pulled a gun on him and was going to shoot him to see the bullet bounce off him because he thought yeah. he was Superman, and he talked and he, him out of it. He says, like, well, if you shoot me and it bounces off, it might hit somebody. It's, like, yeah. really smart. Yeah. He he works it out really smart instead of going, shit, kid, put the gun down! Yeah, he, like, plays it as Superman. Yeah. It works it's out cool. much better. <laughs> anyway. Uh, we learn that... Uh, Kira believes that Kai Opaka, Kai being spiritual leader like the of the planet. Yeah, she's Pope Opaka. Pope Opaka. The spiritual leader of Bajor is, uh, they need her to take control of the provisional government or it's all going to uh-huh. fall apart. Uh, Kai Opaka, for her part, does not give a fuck and only cares about the orbs. Yeah. There's like these like fucking space orbs. <laughs> yeah, they're not orbs at all. They're hourglasses. They they're hourglasses, yeah. But, which I guess was like to be like, oh, they fuck with time, right? Like, Yeah, I guess. It's very <laughs> this, this, fantasy. There's some super fantasy going on here. Yeah, like, why aren't they orbs? Why are they, couldn't they have called them like the crystals of prophecy or whatever? And when, they, and when they're like out of the case that they are in, like the case is like a trapezoid. Like, I don't yeah, know. Like, none of it's an orb. <laughs> none of it, of, of it says round. To me, but like uh, when when Cisco goes to meet Kaiopaka, he has like an orb experience. Yeah, which will happen a lot in this series, by the way. Yeah, you get a lot of that. But uh, he he ends up on a beach where he met his wife, and he acts mm. like a fucking lunatic, and she still <laughs> falls in love with him. It's great. It's great. She's like sunbathing with her top off, and he's like kick sand in her fucking face. Yeah, that's how you do it. You just be the beach bully, and you'll yeah. get all the women. That's what the nineteen sixties like, taught me. <laughs> He's like, here's some lemonade. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Kyle Paka's like, yeah, you're the emissary. And he's like, what? And the then fuck is that? We go back to DS9. And there's a there's a scene that's like half heartwarming and half weird. Yeah. When Cisco's like, uh, he's like touching Jake's face. And he's like, oh, I was just thinking about how much you look like your mother. Yeah. But he's, like, still weird, Cisco, because he hasn't figured out the character yet. Yeah, I, I like him like that. Like, he seems like a goofy dad in some ways, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, like he's really nice to Jake, which is, like, like really cool. He's a really great dad. Yeah. 
Like, usually the, you'd be like, oh, this guy's like, doesn't have time for his kid or whatever. No, like, that he was really how he loves his kid. Yeah, that's how they would do it now. Like, J.J. Abrams would be like, oh, this guy hates his son because I hate my dad. Like, <laughs> that's, that's what they would write now. J.J. Abrams really does have a problem with fathers. He's got some super dad issues, man. And it's like, hey, fucking join the club, bro. Yeah, everybody does. <laughs> fucking deal with it. You're not the only one, asshole. Uh, the, the, like, weird Cisco is a term that I made with my wife. Because weird there's Cisco. there's a period of, like, Cisco just being a giant weirdo. Like, it happens in this episode once, especially. Avery Brooks is super weird. Like, yeah, he's a strange dude. He's got some weird shit that he's into. But like, when, not, like, weird when, shit. But, like, he's into weird shit, man. But he's, like, he's like a space case. Like, yeah. he, like he, he talks and you're like, well, Avery, what are you fucking talking about? <laughs> like, he's, he's out there, man. He's like somebody I know. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you talking about? Uh, nobody. Oh, okay. Um, there's there's a scene, like the scene when he's on the beach with Jennifer and he realizes what's happening. Yeah. He goes, "This is wild." Hey! Yeah, he just like, screams. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He does like a James Brown. He goes, "Hey!" Yeah. yeah he gets. Yeah. It like <laughs> freaks him out. Like his brain breaks. Hey! It's so fucking <laughs> weird. But um. Fucking. <laughs> we meet Bashir, we meet Dax, and we learn that Bashir wants to fuck Dax. Yeah. And Dax is examining the orb, and we get like this weird, almost like religious flashback, this like holy yeah. kind of flashback of her getting the trill put in her. Yeah. And uh, Curzon looks absolutely nothing like he's gonna look every time he appears for the rest of the series. Yeah. Yeah. I, they got some actual dying old man, and they yeah. just put spots on him. He literally just died on He's screen. <laughs> he just shot it in a hospital room. Yeah. R.I.P. Old man. <laughs> we learn a lot about Bashir. At yeah. least this version of Bashir when he gives his little speech about frontier medicine, and then Kira yeah. just punches his dick off oh, for man, it. It's so great because it like, is hey fuck you, asshole, this is my home. And he's like, this isn't the frontier to me, you prick. And he's like, oh, oh no. Oh my god, I'm usually so good at fucking ladies. Oh no, ladies usually love my dick. Oh god, I'm so, I'm so charming. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I the most handsome on the show and I can't get a woman? <laughs> uh, frontier sucks, I'm going home. I wanted a frontier to suck my dick. <laughs> um... <laughs> Um, fucking Picard talks to um, O'Brien again. He says bye bye. Yeah, bye bye. <laughs> Have fun being more than just a transporter, man. Yeah, I love fucking O'Brien says it's just a transporter room, and I'm like O'Brien, this has been your whole life. Yeah, man, for they six never years. Let him leave. Eat your fucking lunch in there, O'Brien. <laughs> what if we need to transport somewhere, dickhead? Yeah. We can't just have a fucking computer do it. We need you in there doing it. There's a, a webcomic that everybody already knows. I know that one. Which I is, know, yeah. like, I enjoy somewhat, but it's, like, really mean-spirited. Yeah, it is mean-spirited. Like, it gets to the point where, like, Keiko, like, Molly isn't even his daughter. It's, a, yeah. it's Rikers and shit. And I was it's like, Jesus. Crazy. Yeah, it's, like, crazy. This thing is mean as fuck. Yeah, they get they get a little out of hand with that it's, one. It's a little bit like the writer doesn't like O'Brien themselves. Yeah, I don't know how you can not like him. No, O'Brien's a great dude. <laughs> he, poor O'Brien and his fucking suffering episodes, though, in Deep Space Nine. Right? Oh my god, that dude is like 
That dude got out of the transporter room and like the universe literally smacked its dick in his face, yeah, dude. The, the existence itself was like, man, I'm gonna put this fucker through the ringer. This Irish piece of shit is going down. Like every now and then in his life, he just hears off in the distance. Fuck it. Rumpelstiltskin. What is that? Is that Rumpelstiltskin again? Goddamn Rumpelstiltskin's <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> Rumpelstiltskin is technically <laughs> responsible for everything that happens to him. Back he's like a Q. Yeah, he's like his own Q. That would oh be great. God. I'd love that. It's just Rumpel fucking Stiltskin. I can't believe Rumpelstiltskin was in fucking Deep Space Nine. Dude, I love it. <laughs> It's your I favorite it. thing to mention about the show. It's the most <laughs> unbelievable Star Trek thing. And, like, there's some really stupid Star Trek shit. Like, even in TOS, they go to, like, Alice in Wonderland world and well, shit Well, they like go that. to the world where everyone on the, on the planet is a Nazi. Like, it's yeah. just a planet, and there's a planet of Nazis. Yeah, it's crazy. But I feel like the Rumpelstiltskin thing, like, we were far enough away from TOS where, like, that... I mean, they science it. They Star Trek science it. But Yeah, like, it's... They don't science it well, though. No, it's not great. It's a Rumpelstiltskin. He's here now. There he is. He's a magic man. Uh, <laughs> did I ever finish my thought about the underhanded thing that uh, Cisco oh, was about- using Nog as a, a piece to get Quark to stay yeah. on board because he needed someone to keep open so yeah. that people would want to open their own shops again? Right. Uh, and. Which brings me to the next point perfectly. It's great that I forgot I was talking about that for 20 minutes. Yes. Because Cisco has an underhanded plan to get rid of the Cardassians. We meet Gull Dukat, who is like oh also sort of a proto Dukat. He's not quite as charming and yeah. as he is later. Yeah, they don't let him off the leash like they do later. No. Where he's um, just like a complete shithole. He's like the biggest dick face, and I love oh that my God. in a villain. He's- He's unbelievably good. Like, that guy is in, like, nothing. No, he really should be in more. It's because it, without his makeup, he looks exactly the same. So, yeah. not great. So. I think <laughs> I think he plays... He's in the episode of TNG where Data goes back to San Francisco time with uh, Mark Twain. And he's the poker player. Oh, yeah? He's the shark, yeah. I know he plays a Cardassian in TNG. He does also play that other uh, Fu Manchu Cardassian. Yeah, who's <laughs> literally just Gold Ducat with a Fu yeah, Manchu. It's, go- it's Gold Ducat, yeah. Um, actually, uh, the guy who plays Quark, whose name is escaping me right now. Oh, what is his name? Shit. Fuck. We were... Ru- we ruined it, everybody. I have another Armin Shimmerman. Shimmerman, yes. Uh, he played a, a Ferengi several times in TNG. Yeah, so did Rom. Rom yes. plays a good Ferengi. Yes, he does. He's great. Rom, Rom is also weird Rom. Like, Rom is a totally different character. Yeah, he like, only appears for like a second. But he's like yeah. a like a table shark kind of character. Yeah, he's like a Ferengi. Like he's like 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 he's uh, a legitimate Ferengi. Typical Ferengi. Yeah, yeah, he's like greedy and whatever. Yeah, but later he's like a ding dong. Yeah, well, and he's super lovable. That's his yeah, character. He's adorable. He's fucking adorable. He's the lovable idiot. <laughs> Which is how we make our money on this podcast by having yep. two of them. <laughs> we real dumb. We send money. Send us money, please. We need money, it for please. brain powers. Money, money, money. <laughs> <laughs> but um, 
the underhanded thing. Cisco has a plot to get rid of the to keep the Cardassians off their trail while they go and investigate the Denorius belt. Yes, because there's what what so, something happens there. What how do, why do they want to go there? They like study all they study all the orb phenomena that happens, yeah. and it all like is centered around the Denorius belt. That's what it is. Yeah. So they decide to go there. This isn't a like a recap episode. Like some of the others, I'm not gonna fucking recap everything this time. Yeah, we're just yeah, talking. Yeah. yeah, we're just shooting. Shoot, but shoot, I'm going shit. through it a little bit. Yeah. But uh, I feel like this this shows Cisco's character a lot that he's super clever and he's he's yeah. all about like outthinking his opponents. He's tactical. He's very tactical. He's very tactical. And later that plays well with him because he's very uh, he's like a military commander. Later, like, yeah. He's very uh, knowledgeable about war. Like, he's much more prepared for war than, like, most Starfleet captains Yes. Are. Yeah. And he... His plan is, like, he has, like, the Cardassians win a bunch of fucking Latinum at Quarks. Yeah. And they do this whole fake shutting down Quarks thing so that they right. can put their Latinum in a bag and yeah. take it and put it on their ship. Turns out to be Odo. They do this a lot in the show, and I every time they do it, I never see it coming. Really? They do it a lot where Odo is like a backpack or a bag. Yeah. Uh, the one episode where they join the Jem'Hadar to take back the Iconian gateway. Mm-hmm. Odo's a bag. <laughs> he's <laughs> always a fucking bag. He's always a bag. Just be a bag, Odo. But then he, he disables all their sensors and engines and shit, and they take off in the Rio Grande yeah, and go starts- to the wormhole. He starts throwing his shoes in the gears, and then it fucks up the ship. <laughs> that happens. <laughs> That's where sabotage comes from. His sabot foots. It's also a good Beastie Boys song. Yeah, it's not in this Star Trek, but it is in another Star it Trek. It will be later. Wham, <laughs> But, like, the, the, like, the big problem they run into is, like, once they find the wormhole and everything... Yeah, and Cisco's trapped in it, and the wormhole just like spits Dax out. Yeah, and puts her back on the ship, which is nice. They give her a ride home. Yeah, they're they're not like trying to kill her or whatever. But here we get into the meat of this episode when yeah. Cisco is in the wormhole conversing with the prophets. Yeah, the wormhole aliens, as I would call them in this time period. Yeah, he's has to explain the nature of being a human being to them, which is just so fucking Star Trek. It's uh it's incredible, like uh for for like when this show was made, like now it sort of seems like, oh, this is like oh, this is cool. But like at the time it's like you're getting into like the mix of like this ethereal thought experiment in television shows. Oh, yeah. like It's like, how would beings who have no concept of linear time yeah. understand beings that do? How would you even explain what time is to some extra-dimensional, like, timeless thing? Like, they wouldn't... How do you explain, like, four dimensions to a three-dimensional person? Like, yeah, you can't. You can't. But Cisco does a, a decent job of it. He doesn't do as good of a job of it as the prophets act like he does. Yeah, yeah. But you, you'd be in this episode for, like, 20 hours in a row yeah. to even get near any sort of competency of understanding. Plus, plus, I guess it's, like, explaining, like, two dimensions to us, right? Like, we yeah. can understand two dimensions. We you'd, can see it. You'd understand it eventually, even if you had no concept of two dimensions. Yeah. 
Although it's it's not quite like that because they don't know linear time at all. Yes. Yeah, so, well, so like that's like the maybe it would be more thing, like right? maybe it would be more like understanding one dimension. Right, like what a dot is. How expl- but how do you explain what a dot is? Yeah, that would be very difficult. It's so, just a point, but it doesn't have any. <laughs> like the point doesn't even have any like width to it. Like it's really uh, hard. It to has explain. it has like width, but no depth at all. Like, but it wouldn't have width because that would make it a two dimensional. Yeah, I guess that's true. It's just a so, point. It doesn't it, have. It's yeah. like a. I don't know. It's it's impossible. Like, it's yeah, impossible we're gonna be here to for it. twenty hours. Yeah. You can't. You can't. <laughs> um. Anyway. <laughs> but that's like the real Star Trek ass meat of the episode, yeah. and it's my favorite part of this episode by far. Yeah. It, this is uh. This is where the show, like, is basically like this ain't your this ain't your grandma's Star Trek. You know, like. You get to you get that Star Trek, but you also get like there's this like new things are gonna be a little different this time. Yeah, like it's sad. There's like much more like emotional weight to it. Like they keep the, the aliens keep saying like why they keep going back to Jennifer dying on the Saratoga, and they're like, why do you live here? Why do you exist here? And he's like, what are you fucking talking about? He's like, I don't exist here. This is a different time. And they keep coming back and basically like forcing him to like. Yeah confront that he like never let it go or he never got over it you know it's really interesting that he's trying to teach them about his existence and he learns more about his existence from than he them. knew before from them that's star trek yes that's it like is that exchange of ideas exactly star trek yes and i just got goosebumps because like oh that's yeah like it's it's incredible like they they just don't they don't do that anymore <laughs> no they don't it make them like they sad. used to yeah, it just made me sad <laughs> it's also a little bit of like I talk about how this I've mentioned a bunch of times so far that this episode is really front loaded with Star Trek knowledge that you'd already have to have yeah but that is such a perfect succinct explanation of what Star Trek is when he's talking yeah. to them about what it means to be human like right basically from the point when they ask about baseball onward is yeah. a perfect explanation of humanity in Star Trek and what it means. Yeah, it's it's I would say it's why like science exists like in the real world. Like how how, how do we like explain what we are to ourselves? Like when we go out and look at the things that exist in the universe like with telescopes and when we send like spacecraft to Saturn like Cassini, like we're not doing it cuz we're like just really curious like about stuff which we are but we're doing it because like it's a mirror and it shines back at ourselves and yeah it tells us like what we really believe like it's like it's a search for knowledge and self-actualization yeah it's like the philosophy behind science right like if you could say that like yeah and that's star trek it i feel like so many people become scientists because of star trek because in in our world in the real world, science is treated as this like cold, emotionless, logical, right, sterile numbers yeah. and shit. Like experiments and numbers. Star Trek explains the purpose of science, like what right. the reason we seek and the reason why we we try to find this new knowledge. Right. It's bettering ourselves as a species and growing right. beyond the what petty the petty small creatures that we are. Yeah. Hopefully one day that'll happen. Hopefully. 
But it's Please always soon. it's always a growth thing, right? It's little by little. It's painful, yeah. Yeah, growing pains are a real thing, especially in the modern world right now. <laughs> uh, we're all gonna die. Oh boy. <laughs> Jesus. You know what? We should probably take another break. Oh, yeah. And we'll be right back after these messages from hopefully a sponsor give us money. This episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine is brought to you in part by your local bottler of C+. C-Plus invites you to a Star Trek Deep Space Nine experience. Win a tour of Paramount Pictures in Hollywood, home of Star Trek Deep Space Nine from C-Plus. Win holographic Star Trek t-shirts or communicator pins weekly. Have your C-Plus UPC code ready. Telephone 1-900-561-3000 within 30 minutes. That's right, 1-900-561-3000. You could be there. And we're back. Only thirty minutes later. Yeah, after, that was a long after we break. stopped talking. I'm gonna last put time. thirty minutes of a commercial in there. <laughs> we just, just we just started talking about everything besides Star Trek for a while. It happens. I forget where we're even at. Actually, <laughs> uh, they they're in the wormhole. Yeah, we were talking about uh, how the prophets and uh, Cisco like learn from one another. Right, yes. And eventually he talks them all the way to the point of completely understanding him, and I guess we learn later in the series choosing him as their emissary. Even though, um, major spoiler, I'm not going to ruin it, even though, like, it was already, that was, <laughs> that was already in play, even at this point. What, what is major spoilers, the emissary thing? Uh, Cisco. And the prophets. <laughs> oh well, yeah, yeah, because, yeah. They, they no, no of... spoiling on that one. But there's, yeah. there's definitely some stuff in play. There's some other things going on. But um, which is funny when you watch this episode and there's not really any hint of that. Yeah, but they. I guess it's like they're cryptic as fuck all the time. That's yeah, how they operate. He had they're to grow. Super weird, right? Yeah, they're, they're, yeah. There are parts in the series where they tell him not to do something specifically, and he does, and he it, does it, and then yeah. like they never bring it up again. <laughs> yeah, they're kind of they're kind of dicks. Like, there's a couple episodes where like I think it's either Jake or somebody is like, "Don't why are you listening to them?" <laughs> yeah, like, like fucking the the one where he's getting like the prophecies. He's, yeah. like, being clairvoyant and it's killing him. And the, Jake's, like, like... Shambhala or whatever yeah. the fuck. Jake's, yeah. like, you're gonna fucking die if you keep using him. And, Cis yeah. and Cisco's, like, so? He's, like, I'm almost there. It's very, uh... There's, like, a movie like that. I, I want to say it's, like, Pi. Like, the movie Pi. The Life of Pi? No, it's a Darren Aronofsky's <laughs> first movie. With it's, the, like, a student film. With the fucking tiger? So you know it ends real happy. Yes, the, yes, the, the tiger is like, uh, yeah. The tiger's like, no, I almost see the future. I almost see it. He's like, meow. <laughs> meow, meow. Meow, meow, I'm a tiger. <laughs> That's how they all sound. Yep. Dude, I heard a lion roar one time and I in real life, and I was like, holy fucking shit. Like, there was like a, like a primitive part of my brain that was like, run. Get like, the fuck out. Dude, it was loud as fuck, and I was like, holy shit, that's terrifying. Like, yeah. dude, it was crazy. 
Yeah. Like, you don't think about it. You're like, oh, lion roar? But then you hear it, and it's like the fucking earth shakes, and you're like, Jesus fuck, dude. That's the thing. <laughs> that's another thing you never think about. When you see, like, a tiger or a lion on TV, you're like, oh, those are pretty big. Those are, like, yeah. big old cats. And then you see one in person, and you're like, holy fuck! That's a monster. That's a monster from my nightmares. Yeah, yeah, that thing could tear me limb from fucking limb. It would just crack my skull open and eat the brains inside of my the head. delicious, like, delicious brains. <laughs> I mean, like, when Cisco's inside the wormhole, though, there's, like, a lot of shit going on outside of it. Yeah. Like, Gold Ducat decides he's going to go in as well and gets lost in the Gamma Quadrant for a little bit. Yeah. Like, it, the wormhole, like, sh- closes. It, like, shuts itself off. Yeah. Because the aliens, don't the aliens, they're like, someone else is in here. And he's like, I don't know. Like, maybe it's someone looking for me. You know what I mean? And they're like, no, you're going to try and hurt us. Yeah. We shut they're the so, wormhole down. They're, like, real paranoid about shit. Yeah, they are. They're very afraid of being hurt for, like, timeless beings that exist yeah. beyond our comprehension. And I guess later you kind of make sense a little bit. Yeah, it, it all comes around. That's yeah. something that DS9 has over all the rest of the series, for sure, yeah. is that stuff always comes around. It's rounded out well. But uh, w- when Ducat disappears, the Cardassians show up immediately. Yeah, they're pissed. Uh, there's like the distance between Bajor and Cardassia is like negligible in some it's episodes, short. and in other it's episodes short. it's like really far. It's I mean I could look at like a map like the way it's represented like okay so like space is like divided into sectors like when you look yeah. at a uh, it's like a three dimensional it's like a cube right mm-hmm. so I think it's only like one sector away like Bajor is like in the middle of the sector of that they're in and then I think. Uh, Cardassia is like in the next sector, so I guess it's relative. But like yeah. relatively speaking, I think it's pretty close. Like they talk of, about it taking like several days to get to Cardassia. Yeah, and some episodes, but then like the Cardassians show up immediately in this episode. Yeah. Star Trek's really like it's inconsistent. It's not great at it because like. I mean, I guess that's why they have different warp factors to, like, nullify that, like, to, like, round off the edges a little bit of, like, the stark, like, mathematics of travel, right? Like, Yeah, I mean, it it doesn't really matter to the overall story. We're, like, giant fucking dorks about this shit and really get into it. Like, I could talk about this shit all day long. Yeah, (laughs) and and we do. But the, so like, like Bajor, like Bajor ships are slow as fuck because they're like they don't have good shit, right? No, yeah, they have like so really broken down shit yeah. at this point. They didn't, they couldn't develop technology while they were occupied. Yeah, they were like they're basically flying like primitive ships. Like, yeah, they're flying like the ships. space version of a biplane, right, basically. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and like all the Cardassians show up and they're like, "Where the fuck is Dukat?" And they tell him the truth. Yeah. About what happened, and he's like, I refuse that. I'm going to blow you the fuck out of the sky yeah. in one hour unless you give it up. Just being Cardassians. And they they come up with this brilliant idea that would have worked on TNG, yeah. but on Deep Space Nine, the, the more intelligent your idea is, the less likely it is to work. It's the reverse <laughs> TNG theory. Right? Yeah, like, like the yeah. more effort you put into your gambit, the more it's not going to work gonna and it's going to blow up in your face. It's like the real world. Like, that's yeah. how the real world works. Absolutely. <laughs> My fucking life experience tells yeah. that for yeah. sure. Don't think too hard because it's, it's a lot of complicated parts that are moving. <laughs> <laughs> the, the fucking, like, Cardassians, 
see through their plot immediately. Their yeah. Im- their brilliant plan is to put off all this like fake information that shows that they're armed to the teeth and all their systems right. are working. Right. And the the gull in charge, gold Dasad, maybe. The, yeah, something like that. He is just like they're tricking us. Yeah. Immediately. There's no way they could do this, right? Like. Uh, they probably went overboard with showing that they were well armed. <laughs> yeah. But uh, they shoot six photon torpedoes at them. <laughs> right. Yeah, they shoot Don't everything they, they have. Yeah. yeah. It, it's a great delivery when she's like, shoot six photon torpedoes across their bow, and yeah. O'Brien goes, "We only have six we torpedoes." Have six. Yeah. <laughs> And she's like, torpedoes aren't going to win this or whatever. Yeah, yeah. which is true. Yeah. Six torpedoes are not going to save the day. Gull Jassad. Jassad, yeah. You were close. Another J name. All yeah. J people are cool. Yep, true. Maybe not him, though. He's kind of No, like, he's kind probably, of a prick. He probably murdered some Bajorans, so. Yeah. Fucking piece <laughs> of shit. Yeah, well, that's okay. They get theirs in the end. Uh-oh, spoiler oh, alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> It's weird how they end up in a very similar situation later. Oh, it's like a mirror facing a mirror. <laughs> um, but just when things are at their bleakest and they're about to get blown out of the sky, the wormhole opens again. Like actually, yeah. Kira is saying the words that we should we're going to surrender now when the wormhole yeah. opens again. And she's like, "There's your wormhole." She gets like fucking pissed. Yeah, which is great. Yeah. And Cisco's <laughs> back and he tells Picard that he wants to keep his position, and they shake hands and leave as friends. As men. As men would do. And, yep. uh, you know. And that's the beginning. Like, I, I like how this, um... I like how this series sets itself up. Uh, TNG kind of, like, doesn't really. Like, it sets up the characters in, like, a ca- Encounter at Farpoint, but, yeah, like... Yeah, it sets up the characters and also the tone the rest of the series yeah. is gonna have. Yeah, but it's not, like... Things that happen in this episode of T- of uh, DS9 are important throughout the whole show. Like, there's ground rules set A lot of shit, actually. Yeah. Almost everything in this episode plays out into something yes. later on. From Whereas Odo in, to every, it's everything. Yeah. Whereas in TNG, the only thing that really plays out super heavily from the first episode is Q's involvement throughout the rest right. of the series. Q, Q's around, yeah. We get a lot of introduction to the philosophy of Star Trek and TNG in Encounter yes. at Farpoint. Yeah, which I guess, I guess, like, counts, I guess. It's just a yeah, little looser. But it's, like, it's basically, like, seeing the beginnings of long threads right. laying before you. And you can tug at any of them and see how far they go just right. from this first episode. Right. It's, a. Uh, is it? I don't know. This I love this show, so I don't know. Yeah, I'm a big <laughs> fucking fan of DS9. Like I started watching the second episode immediately, so I was like, oh, I gotta stop. <laughs> I have to like actually do shit today. Like, um, my ranking of Star Trek series always changes. Yeah, and DS9 is almost always the second or third on it. Well, when you when you watch it again, like, uh, how many times have I don't want to call you out? How many times have you watched the series all the way through? Yeah, three now. Three, yeah. yeah. I've done about like seven. <laughs> Jeez. I'll just put it on like when I'm like doing shit. So like I, I don't know, and like I, I really I don't know, I really. I, I, 
I'm also a huge Battlestar Galactica fan, and like yeah. I always say to you that this is like proto Battlestar Galactica. It is. I can. I've seen maybe like six or seven episodes of Battlestar Galactica now. Yeah. Replace um, Kira with Starbuck and make Starbuck more angry. <laughs> like, and then you have that's Kira, right? Like, it's yeah. the same. You There's know. like I didn't get into Battlestar Galactica from just like the six or seven episodes I watched. I should probably give yeah. it more of a chance. Uh, yeah, watch the first season, and then, um, I don't know. I, I love it, but... I got to a point where, like, oh my god, I don't want to get into Battlestar spoilers, but somebody was, like, called out as being a Cylon. Oh, yeah, 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 And yeah. then, like, falsely called out, but then it yeah. wasn't false. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, what the fuck? That's, dude, that's just, like, the beginning. <laughs> like, yeah. it gets crazy. I don't doubt it's, that at all. That's Ronald D. Moore for you, though. Yeah, it's great. I don't know, man. Outlander, oh, the show. Oh, man, I can't, I don't know. Ah. <laughs> is, is that the, like, uh, Kung Fu Apocalypse show with the, the, like, kid with the necklace or whatever what <laughs> what is the name of that show i don't know but outlander is about like a british lady who time travels to scotland <laughs> okay so i'm talking about uh into the something i don't into know. the badlands oh, into, into the badlands i haven't yeah. seen that yet all right it has land uh, in it fuck off <laughs> <laughs> i fucking wish outlander was that show <laughs> That show is so fucking ridiculous, though. Yeah. And I liked it, but holy yeah. hell. <laughs> it's Deep Space Nine is like... Uh, there's a podcast. I guess I'll give them a shout-out. They have more yeah. listeners than we do, so I guess it doesn't fucking oh, cool. matter. There's oh. a there's a podcast called Rules of Acquisition. Yeah. And their entire like thesis statement... Is right. that Deep Space Nine was a prototype for modern television? Yeah, I, I, uh, I'll, I'll stand by that. I agree with that. Yeah, I agree with that too. I feel like this—it's a show designed for a specific amount of time. Which yeah. back in in the '90s, like that wasn't a thing. No, it's a show that was designed to tell one extended story as yes. well, which was not a thing back then for the most part, and not part. a thing for Star Trek at all. No. Star Trek was super syndication. It was all about yeah. telling a quick, more, more, short more. story yeah. and then moving on to the next one. Yeah. As and we'll see in our next pilot, um, the terrible side of that. Yeah. <laughs> I have a lot to say about Voyager when we get to it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. it's... A lot of people haven't given Deep Space Nine a chance because of, like, the spinoff syndrome. Yeah. Where people have just heard that Star Trek has bad spinoffs. Which yeah. isn't necessarily true, especially because Deep Space Nine breaks that rule 100%. It's, well, that's that's the Voyager effect. And, I, and I, I feel that way about Enterprise. Like, I think Enterprise suffers because of Voyager. I feel, like, and I, I feel like Enterprise suffers because of its first two seasons. Yeah, but there's some fun Star Trek in there. Like, there's some really cool Star Trek in those in those seasons. Like, they're not all home runs, but like yeah. neither. I mean, neither was fucking TNG. I Even jumped, the first season no, is terrible. No, the first season of TNG is terrible, and the second season's good, but it's not yeah. great. It doesn't yeah. get great until season three. I mean, there's episodes where they they like run into like a Romulan minefield, and it sets up like, oh, this these guys are like bad news, you know? Like, and they're I, super. I like haven't. 
I guess I'm not, like, an authority on Enterprise. Like, I've done a lot of jumping around and watching one episode here, yeah. two episodes there in Enterprise, just trying yeah. to give it a shot, trying to get to stuff that I would like. Yeah, I make I can make you a list of, like, episodes. There, I mean, there are some I mean, we're gonna stupid be getting fuck to episodes. <laughs> yeah. We're going to be getting to them. I feel like jumping around I was like throwing I was just like tossing shit up in the air and hoping it would land on a bullseye yeah then I was getting a lot of outside the rings and shit right right it was all I mean, chance and I was rolling snake eyes every time like season two has some good episodes like Carbon Creek is a good one mm, it's like that. a yeah like a time travel episode that isn't a time travel episode it's really good I haven't seen that one so I saw the one where T'Pol was addicted to space meth. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> I talked yeah. about that one. Yeah, injecting some Trellium D into your blood. There yeah. you go. I talked about that one in uh, my guest appearance on the Sidecast, which oh, should be coming shout up out. soon. Yeah, yeah. Go nice. Sidecast. Sidecast show. At Sidecast show. I think it's just at the Sidecast, isn't it? I don't know. <laughs> Fuck, we ruined it. We ruined we blew it. it. We blew it. Fuck, it's, it's fucking uh, over. We were trying to be nice and we fucked ourselves. Ah, oh, we fucked up. We fucked everything. But, Fuck um, it. I'll tell you what. Uh, fucking, alright, Twitter isn't working. I was just gonna look it up, but yeah. never mind. I, I also tried it and I was like, oh, oh it yeah. is at Sidecast Show. I Josh was you. right from the beginning. I didn't think I was wrong, but I was willing to accept that the possibility could exist. <laughs> That's Star Trek as fuck of you, Josh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I was being real modern Earth about it. <laughs> it's, uh, Deep Space Nine, though, is a series that if you haven't given it a shot... Like, I've been yeah. saying people should watch Deep Space Nine for ages... Yeah. If you haven't given it a shot, jump on board that shit. Because it's great. it is a wild fucking ride. It's fantastic. I mean, it's uh I I don't know. It's it's great. I don't I don't, I don't know what else to say about it. I, I talk <laughs> like about it being like it skirts the edge of going too far into discrediting the utopian yeah. future of Star Trek. Yeah, but they, I feel like it never crosses that line, and that's why I still love it unconditionally. Well, they kind of they kind of get around that too in like the premise of the show, where like they're like like you said, like they're a frontier town. Like yeah. sometimes justice doesn't meet with the letter of the law in a frontier town, and you have to like you know blow up a fucking planet where the Maquis live. <laughs> oh, okay, maybe I I lied about saying they don't go too far. <laughs> The only well, problem gets, I have with that is there's no repercussions for it. Well, he he asks permission to do it, so and they're like, yeah, sure. Yeah, whatever. Who cares? The Starfleet's like, I I don't know, fucking. Do it, I, I feel guess. like there should be some type of repercussion, but there isn't. It's never even mentioned again. Well, it doesn't matter at some point. Like, yeah, it, it's at some point. It's just it's, uh, that's not the. They got bigger fish to fry. Yeah. You know also, I, mean? I fucking hate the Maquis, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, one thing that we can talk about in the next episode is uh, the Maquis being heavy Native American. That's true. Which, which gives a little more weight um, to it's like why a, it's like a false weight, I guess. Well, it's, it's a, not it's talked cheap, about. Yeah, it's not talked about too heavily. It's just yeah. sort of implied. Well, they have an episode where like Chakotay. Uh, 
has like visions of his father and like yeah i do remember that he said he says like you know first like you moved us like off our land in america and then you put us in the camps and now you're moving us like off this planet which like i guess makes the maquis a little more like reason for them to feel that way it would make me feel that way more if they'd been there longer than 16 years well also like when when the united states moved native americans off their land they put them into like basically death camps yeah exactly and like Like, in in reservations at that time were like fucking straight up internment camps i mean they're horrible now yeah they're bad now but like I mean, in Star Trek, they're not going to put you in a death camp. They're going to give you, like, a fucking replicator and be like, replicate a bunch of shit for yourself. Yeah, they're going to give you, like, your, a planet that's not in the yeah. fucking edge of the universe yeah. where you can get attacked by the Cardassians. I'd be like, let's move, because the Cardassians are fucking crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the the canon of Star Trek is that the Maquis have been on that planet for 16 years. They've been on those planets for 16 years. Yeah. Uh, there's an episode of TNG with a planet of Native Americans who've been there for like 150 years or something. Right, right. And that makes a hell of a lot more sense. Yeah, it's yeah. I I don't like, know. They've it's... been there 200 or 300 years at that point, I think. Yeah, and that makes a lot more sense that it's their land. They don't want to be taken from it. Like the colonists in the Maquis have been there 16 years. There are no generations of people. Well, they mention, I mean, we're getting into, like, some heavy fucking Star Trek right now, but they mention, like, during the, like, uh, I don't know what you'd call it, like, the Constitutional Convention for the Federation, mm-hmm. that, like, Native Americans were, like, asked to participate to, like, help prevent the atrocities that they had to go yeah, through. absolutely. And a lot of, I guess the ones who moved at that point off of Earth were, like, over it, and they're like, no, like, we're not going to we're not going to do this, you know. It's it's and, fairly similar to what's happened to them in the past. I can't really yeah. blame them for that. Yeah, like they're 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 a little edgy for a reason, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. It's uh, we're getting into voyager shit, but it starts in TNG, the Maquis does, and then it continues through yeah. Deep Space 9 and then it becomes like a groundwork in Voyager that they never do anything with. Yeah, well thank God. <laughs> hey, I fucking hate the Maquis, but they had created a situation that would like have a lot of like really like there's a difference between bad interpersonal conflict and good yeah. interpersonal conflict exactly like people who have differing ideologies that are fighting for different things sh- yeah. should have interpersonal conflict right people who are on the same team shouldn't be like well, I liked Becky before you right. and shit that's bad it's a, interpersonal it's conflict it's a Kobayashi Maru of like diplomacy like there's no winning like you're no. not gonna win no, like, but I mean, like, the Voyager crew should have been at each other's throats, at least for a yeah. while. They yeah, should have Voyager. disagreed way more often on ship. They just yeah, never every, did. Every now and then, like, something will come up, but then, like, Chakotay, like, shuts that shit down. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, no. <laughs> it's like, okay. And it's it's funny because they talk about him being, like, a Federation <laughs> apologist and, like, an ass kisser. Yeah. And the show is like, he's definitely not, and here's why. Right. Like, he was an audience member. Is like, nah, he is. Yeah, he like he, <laughs> he got a sweet gig, and he's like, I want to lose his job. Yeah, he's he's like he understands that you have to band together in a bad situation yeah. or whatever. Yeah, but things could have gone the other way, and it yeah, could have been like a maquis ship. Yeah, but and Maybe they're that's like fucking the terrorists version. as well as the thing. 
Yeah, they're they're pretty. Yeah, they're not they, the Federation's finest. That's yeah, for sure. They talk about like, oh, he talks about like how it would be like dishonorable or whatever. But like, didn't you fucking blow up townships with people in it and shit? Yeah, you like stole like bombs and made bombs. Yeah, and, like, I mean, killed people. Whatever. Hey, whatever. Uh, right. But Deep Space Nine, though. <laughs> uh, the cast of characters on Deep Space Nine, in this episode, I remember thinking the first time I watched it, like, a lot of these characters aren't really interesting the yeah. first time I saw it, but holy fuck, do they fix that problem as well, the series goes along. When you end the show, like, that last episode is hard to watch, because, like, th- th- these people really are, like, your friends, like, at the end of the show. Yeah, you've spent so much time with them and saw them grow yeah. so much as characters. It's it's like it's like a really sad ending to a show. Like, not, like, the plot. Well, I mean, sort of the plot, but, like, you just don't want to lose these people. You're like, oh, my God, I love these characters, yeah. you know? There's nobody in the show that I dislike at that point. Yeah. Everyone's pretty great. There, There is a period of time when... Odo becomes really difficult to deal with as a viewer. Yeah, he gets even a though whiny. he's my favorite character for most of the show. <laughs> so it, it's rough to see him make that transition, yeah. but you understand why. He course corrects. He gets yeah, better. He does get better, but you understand why he goes through that. Yeah, as Jake well. gets a little know-it-all-y, uh, but everybody comes back, comes yeah. back around. Rom is Rom just gets better and better and better. Yeah, Nog does too. Nog like, does too. Yeah. By the end of the show, Nog is my favorite character in the show. Yeah, he's uh, he's great. Except for when that one episode on the Valiant when he gets a little brainwashed. Oh yeah. <laughs> and you're like Nog, no. He's just he's so fucking gung ho about being. In, uh, Red I guess squad, we, Red Squad, Red yeah. Squad. And Jake's like, oh, God, no. He's like, oh, my God, these people are Nazis. <laughs> um, I just give Deep Space Nine a shot. I can't say yeah. that so many times more. Watch I can just say it forever. Watch the entire show. Just watch the whole fucking show. And you're going to want to after a certain period of time, too. Yeah. Like, when, uh, ca- when fucking Cisco becomes captain. When he gets a Defiant, it's like, oh, yes. Yeah, that the show becomes like ten out of ten from yeah. that point on. It's it's like season three, first episode. So good. They're like, oh wait, we need a cool, and it's a damn cool ship too. So you're like, oh sweet. Well, I guess they realized at a certain point that like we may be exhausting all the things that can come to them. Yeah, they really opened the doors though. Like, all, like, like I don't know, like just on the what they could push, you know. Because, I mean, I I compared it to Rawhide. Yeah. But, like, a show like that, like a cowboy show, is so many, like, and then this guy comes into town. Right. It's, and it's then a, this problem here. shows up. Right, right. And there, there's only so much you can do with such a static area in a show yeah. that's mostly been about exploration up to that right. point. I think turning it into a war story, which is what it really is. It's like a World War Two. Star Trek. That's what it is. Yeah, pretty much. It, it's very World War Two. It's so good. <laughs> and then they play baseball. <laughs> yeah, like in World War Two. Just like in World War Two. <laughs> we are the members of the All American League. <laughs> Do you know? I know a lady who played in the All American Girls Do Baseball. Do you? I know a lady. Dude, I met. Alive. I met the two. I met two ladies from. Yeah. It. I met the. 
uh, Lady Madonna plays. Okay, yeah. The and slut. <laughs> yes, the slut. I met her and uh, the lady that, um, like, the main lady. Oh, uh, Dottie. I think her her real name wasn't Dottie, though. It was Dot or something. Yeah, I met those two ladies because they came to my school to give, like, a speech. Oh, that's cool. I don't know anyone from the movie. They The lady comes in. The, they're twins. They oh, both no, play. I mean, like, the actual lady. Ladies, yeah. not the actresses. Yeah, no, no, I know. I know you Okay, man. okay. I know, yeah, but I don't know. The, the ones that I know weren't on a... They weren't in the movie. They were just on a different team or whatever. Oh, that's, that's I awesome. I think they played in, like, Wisconsin or some shit. I don't know. Like, I told... I had I got to speak with them, and I told them, like, you know... I did the normal thing where I was like, yeah, your story was, like, really inspiring. And, yeah. Uh, like, I've seen some, like, archival footage of you playing and stuff. Or you're, mm. like, really amazing. <laughs> and uh, the lady that Madonna played was like, I did a lot more amazing stuff after that. <laughs> okay. And I was like, is she propositioning me? <laughs> um, but you should have seen what I could do with some testicles. Whoa! I wasn't just playing with baseballs back then. <laughs> That's, like, basically her character in the movie is like, yeah, I want to suck a penis. Pretty much. All the penises are at war. <laughs> Where am I going to get my penises from? <laughs> oh, man. The, the whole time they were giving their speech, I just wanted somebody to say that there was no crying in baseball. But nobody oh, did. They, yeah, I, yeah. Now they would. Now kids will. Yeah, they, they, they wouldn't know that movie. <laughs> You're like, what? There's no crying in baseball. Gina Davis, though. Oi. Oh, God. Ho, ho, ho. Oh, Gina. Gina Davis. It's that beauty mark. She's like 12 feet tall. I'm 6'3, man. <laughs> That's pretty tall. I'm half her height. I can handle it. <laughs> I'm 5'10. It's a normal man height. Yeah, it's pretty normal. That's uh, average height for a human male, actually. Oh, I meant my dick is five feet ten. Oh, yeah, sure it is, buddy. See you next week. I mean, no, of course it's five foot ten. You got a really big penis, everyone. Uh, <laughs> everyone. Look, um, if you want to talk to us yeah. on the Twitters, you can follow us at M Class Podcast, or you could follow our individual Twitters. And mine is at underscore Jeff Pennington. Okay. And what's yours? Mine is at Henderson, nineteen eighty three. That's no, it. No underscore, you bitch. No, I'm an early adopter. Yeah, dude. The dude who has the name Jeff Pennington has had it since Twitter started. Yeah. It's ja- the Josh Henderson from uh, Dallas or whatever the fuck dumb CW shit. He's got my name. So. Uh, you mean ugly Josh Henderson? Yeah, that piece of ugly shit. Not handsome Josh Henderson? He stuck his dick in Ashley Simpson, so like, whatever, dude. My life's going way better than yours. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> fuck you if you listen to this show, you asshole. I... I'm sure he does. He will Give me eventually. my Twitter name! Give me my fucking Twitter name! Dude, he will eventually listen to it, though, when he's like, there's somebody named Josh Henderson on a podcast? He's gonna listen to this episode and know. 
he's not gonna get five minutes into this fucking episode. He's gonna be like, I don't think we're gonna get five minutes. Shut that shit down. I was never on that show. I only do shows where boys kiss girls. Mmm, boys kiss girls on Star Trek. Yeah, but like, every show he's ever been on has been like, how am I gonna kiss a boy today? Does he say that? Uh, I wish it would be a better show. <laughs> boys kissing boys. Like, you know, kiss kissing shows. Like, teenage soap opera bullshit. Boys kissing Trek boys. Trek boys! <laughs> <laughs> it had to happen once. Yep. Uh, if you want to have an email read on our other program, M Class Emails, you can send us an email at M Class Email. Email. Uh, I think it's M Class Emails. Fuck. Is it? I do this I every time. I don't think it is. I think it's no. I looked it up today. Josh is right again. Yes! It's called M Class Email at gmail.com. You send that shit there, we'll get it, and we'll answer it. Yeah. And you know what? On our next episode of this beautiful, beautiful program, we're going to be talking about Voyager's uh, pilot episode, uh, <laughs> and I don't even remember the name of it, because fuck Voyager. It's called, like, uh, the name of the thing that sends them there. Uh, uh, the the, the uh, gatekeeper, the keymaster... Uh, the, the it's master. it's it's what it's like that it's like like a name like that it's it's fucking it's called the caretaker. caretaker caretaker we found it on Google at the same moment everyone I remembered it when when <laughs> I, I, I I swear to God I remembered it uh, as part of our pilot series of episodes we're gonna be watching Voyager's first episode caretaker Ugh. so watch that before listening to this I can't wait till the, the one after that when we can watch some. Fucking Captain Archer. Watch some sexy ass Scott Bakula action. Scott Bakula saying he's gonna punch a Vulcan woman. That happens in the first episode. He's such a Vulcan racist. <laughs> he fucking he is a little bit, but there's a good reason. So ra- there's no good reason to be a racist. Jeff, Jeff, the Vulcan. You're gonna hate Enterprise because the Vulcans. I know. Not, not great. <laughs> I've seen enough of Enterprise to know that the Vulcans are like fucking almost villains, and it's. But there's a reason for it. There's a there's a reason for it. There, I know that too. Actually, you know I've been spoiled okay. on that. All right, okay. <laughs> Fucking spoilers, everybody! Don't just Sorry. give them away in your podcast on the internet. Yeah, <laughs> we would never do that. No, never. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, tune in next time, and thank you for listening. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. <laughs>